0: Odyssey NFL insider Ross Tucker. Insider calls presented by BetQL. BetQL, your one-stop shop sports betting analytics app. To help you make the most informed bets possible, download the BetQL app and use code OHIO25 for 25% off your first month. Ross Tucker, how are we doing today?
2: Awesome. Always. How are you guys doing?
0: Good, buddy.
1: Enjoy the weekend? Enjoy the games?
2: Yeah, it's funny, though. I don't know if you guys saw this on the Ross Tucker football podcast, but I'm... I'm really not happy with Peyton Manning. You what now? I'm really not happy with Peyton Manning.
0: Ooh, okay. Did not know this. Uh, Explain. He was bouncing around to different games this weekend.
2: So was I. And I was supposed to be the only human being that double-dipped the Giants-Eagles and the bills Bengals. After the Giants-Eagles game ended, I drove four hours from Philly to Corning, New York, I slept for three hours, drove two more hours to Buffalo to be on the sideline in the snow. I had said hi to Peyton the night before. Then I'm on the sideline before the game, and I see Peyton in Buffalo too. So he totally stole my thunder of being the only person to go to both those games. And I went up to him. I said, dude, I, I was saying all week I was going to be the only person to be at both games. He's like, oh, sorry, man doubleheader with my son, I said, let me guess, you didn't drive four hours according to New York last night, did you? <laughs> no, 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 no. He was, he was on wheels <laughs> up. He said, uh, he said, no. No, I did not. So, um, so I mean, it makes it it's bad, right? Like, not only did he steal my thunder, but he had, I mean, like, if he would have given me a heads up, I could have just gone with him. I wouldn't have had, because, by the way, after the game, you guys know I live in Central PA, like Harrisburg, Hershey. So I had to drive five five hours home after the game, and it was still snowing in, like, upstate New York and then in northern Pennsylvania. Like, they hadn't even plowed the roads. Like, that was rough, bro. That was rough. But it was worth it because I got paid to go to two football games. Um, even though, you know what's kind of a bummer? Not that one of them were really great games. I mean, the no. Eagles yeah, that's true. massacred. The Giants. And then uh, the Bengals, that was really surprising. Real, I mean, I'm um, there, guys. It's snowing. You know, Buffalo people are going crazy. They've been building up to this. They're playing at home. The Bengals' O-lines all beat up. And then the Bengals just came out and totally dominated the game. I was not expecting that.
0: Did you see DeMar Hamlin up close and personal to stop all the uh, conspiracy theories?
2: No, I did not. What are the conspiracy theories?
0: Dustin,
1: oh I mean there's just you know it's a rabbit hole you can go down if you want to on, on social media but there's just some people that think that uh, that wasn't him at the game
2: oh interesting yeah I don't know I mean they said he was there uh they just didn't know he was supposedly in a uh ATV in the tunnel before the game
1: oh, I'm sure he was I, I'm like I said it's just a conspiracy
0: that some so people take up like an hour of your time. If, later if you, tonight, t- Ross. If You're sitting
1: on the toilet, and you want to go down a rabbit hole. Go ahead. I thought
2: they were. Uh, I thought he might like lead him out onto the field, like in the ATV or something. But I guess they decided not to do that. I think he might still be on oxygen or something.
0: I don't really know. We, yeah, we, I, don't, no, I don't know. No, no, I don't know. Yeah, we, we we don't know. I just didn't know if you could just, just completely put the rumors to rest right away. Yeah, let's move on. Let's let's talk
1: about that game a little bit, and let's start with Josh Allen because. Josh Allen, you know, boy, all the turnovers. I mean, I love the guy. I think he's tremendous. I think he's, you know, he's going to be a, you know, their franchise quarterback for a long long time and God hope him hope win him a Super Bowl at some point. But man, he he did not have his best day and has certainly not had his best playoffs this year. Well, he definitely did not look in the playoffs this year like he did last year. I mean, last year he
2: was last year he was so good in the playoffs that we were having the conversation of whether or not there's anybody you'd rather have than him. Like, that's how good he was in the playoffs last year. That was not the case this year. Um, You know, he made a lot of good plays against the Dolphins. He just had the three turnovers. Against the Bengals, he didn't really turn it over until it was desperation late in the game. I mean, they're down 17 with, like, however much time was left. That's, I think, probably the most discouraging aspect of this if you're a Bengals fan, right? And I'm sorry, if you're a Bills fan, I thought if the Bills would lose, it would be because Josh Allen would have a couple of turnovers at inopportune times. Guys, that's not what this was. I mean, this was the Bengals just being better prepared, better coached, certainly being better up front, both sides of the ball. Like there's some legit soul searching. I feel like that needs to go on in Buffalo, and they might say, "Ah, it's the injuries." There wasn't that many injuries. I mean, they didn't have Von Miller, but it wasn't like there was that many injuries. Or they might say, "Oh, all the adversity of the year." And I don't know. I can't really speak to that. But um, you know, they had won against the Patriots. They had won against the Dolphins. So I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, it feels like they're going the wrong direction, though, in terms of winning a Super Bowl.
0: I'm more intrigued with what's going on with the Bengals right now. You know, a few years ago, I and I was part of this group, Ross, where I was like, Zach Taylor, not a good coach. I watched some of his in-game strategy stuff. I just – he didn't know how to manage a game. I just – I was like, he's not a good coach. And you fast forward, now he might be – appearing in his second straight Super Bowl. Is that just Joe Burrow being the human concealer? Or what have you seen from Zach Taylor? Because I've seen some growth there. I've seen some development there. What have you seen from Zach Taylor at this point in being a head coach?
2: So there's a bunch of things here. Number one, their coordinators are really good. I mean, Callahan had a great plan for the Bills. They executed it. The Bills decided to play a lot of two-deep safety looks. And the Bengals said, okay, we'll just throw the ball underneath quick. We'll just run it a lot. Which, by the way, I thought, like, in the snow, that was an interesting choice to have so many two-deep safety looks. Like, were you really that concerned about getting beat over the top that much? I, I don't know. I I thought the Bills got out coached to be honest with you. But I thought, Cali, and, and this Louie Anarumo guy, who I never even heard of until last year, <laughs> the, the Bengals defense, they have some good players. But – they don't really have like great players. You know, they got a bunch of good like Jesse Bates is a good player, Hubbard's a good player, Hendrickson's really good, Logan Wilson's really good, DJ Reader's really good, but they're not like this is not they're not littered with all pros or, you know, Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa or like true difference making players. I think their D coordinator, Luana Rumo is fantastic. So I think that Taylor, that helps them. Uh Burrow is really reminding me of like a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady type. In that game, I swear, I don't know what Romo was saying on TV, but I swear it felt like Joe Burrow knew where he was going to throw the ball, like before the snap, 75% of the time. I mean, as soon as he caught the ball, some of the times, guys, he wasn't even getting the laces. Catch it, boom, ball out. Catch it, oh, you're going to play off Jamar Chase? Boom, ball out to Chase. Who, by the way, Chase, I never saw him up close. His lower body is so powerful. He just, like, runs through tackle. I mean, he, he's like a running back. He probably broke three or four tackles. And the Bills coaches told me he might even do that before the game. They knew he was that strong in his lower half. Um, but Zach Taylor, I thought, was pretty impressive. I went up to him before the game and just introduced myself. And before I even said, hey, I'm Ross," he goes, I know who you are. Like, hey, Ross. Like, I was like, wow, Okay. very calm at halftime. And, you know, that stuff where he gives away the game balls in the locker room afterwards, and then he goes out. He goes to a bar in Cincinnati after every win. Like, I kind of love the guy. Like, if I was the head coach, let me just tell you, if I was the head coach, a thousand percent, I would go to a bar after every win, (laughs) give the bar the game ball. Can you imagine how how awesome that would be to walk into those bars? Not only that, I would phone ahead and be like, hey, I'm coming. Be there like thirty minutes. Tell everybody like, like that would be incredible.
1: Um, what 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 are Cowboys fans gonna do, and what what does Jerry Jones do with the Cowboys? I mean, they they get the playoff win. They play great against the Buccaneers. Then, of course, the, you know Dak doesn't have a great game here against the Niners, and they fall short.
2: Um, well, they have certain areas they can get better, but they're not far away. You know, and Dak had the very two very costly picks, probably with a difference in the game. I mean, they were right there. The, the, the Cowboys are pretty much, I think, as good as the elite of the NFC. I think they're a Super Bowl caliber team. Would have been a heck of a lot easier if they were playing at home rather than on the road, you know, for a second playoff game in a row and like the fourth or fifth time. But their defense was shutting down the Niners, they were moving the ball de- decently. Uh, You know, they'll probably add a receiver. They got some things to work out with the cap and stuff. But really, if they can just get Dak to not throw those picks, which hasn't been a big problem in his career, they'd be in a great spot.
0: You know, Ross, one thing I noticed from this weekend, it felt like all the really, really good teams, or the teams we think are really good, they all have that guy that on third and five, third and six, like everyone in the stadium knows where it's going, and then it doesn't matter. If they still complete it anyway. It, you know, like Chiefs just, they do—they go to Kelsey, and they're going to complete it. Bengals go to Jamar Chase, and they're going to complete it. Uh, can Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper, can they be that, or do the Browns need to get somebody else to be that third and six, third and five guy?
2: I think they can. Yeah, I think they can. I think Amari's that good. Um, now that doesn't mean that they they shouldn't still look to upgrade the guys, the other guys but yeah, I, I think Cooper's a pretty darn good player that uh, look, I think the Cowboys really missed him really missed him, not having that other Gallup yeah, didn't have a very good year, I, I think the Cowboys could have really used him
0: uh, You're going to be on the call 49ers, Eagles, Westwood one coverage, who should the betting market be taking? Can Brock Purdy win a Super Bowl?
2: He can. I I don't think he's going to. Um, It's going to be a tough game for the Niners, man. I mean, I think I tweeted this today. I don't know if you guys know this, but this is good for you because Andrew Barry, the Browns GM, came from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. 18 of the Eagles' 22 starters are essentially Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl alternates. And that doesn't include, like, T.J. Edwards, who pro football focus made, like, an all-pro. But it's just, they just have an absolutely loaded roster. And they're playing at home, and they have the better quarterback. You know, I, I look at it like this. You guys know I do a lot of stuff in Philly. It'd be a bad loss for the Eagles. I, I mean, they're playing at home. They have a bunch of guys that are going to be free agents. So you don't know how that will go. They're playing at home against a rookie seventh-round pick quarterback, their quarterback's probably going to be second in the MVP voting. I mean, they've they got to win this game. Uh, you, know, the, you know, these opportunities don't come along very often. Uh, I'm, I think the spread's probably a little short. Um, if the Niners don't run the ball effectively, I just think that they've got real problems. I mean, that place is going to be an absolute hornet's nest for those guys. And their offense is not designed to come from behind, or to do a whole lot of drop-back passing. like If they get down two scores like the Giants did, forget it. Because the Eagles' pass rush is too good, um, their corners are too good, and Brock Purdy is just going to melt, I think, in that environment. Now, if the Niners can run it, if the Niners can get out to a lead and play with a lead, that's a very different thing.
0: Is Nick Sirianni is he cool or is he? Uh, he seems. For the longest time, I thought he was a goober, but then in recent weeks, I'm like, maybe this guy's like actually really cool. I'm not sure.
2: That is uh, that is a pretty common assessment, I would say. You know, when he first got the job, I you know all my friends are Eagles fans. They were like, seriously, his his first press conference was not good, and I think he would even tell you that He'd never really done it before, and. People were not. It, it's a good lesson, by the way, that the press conference is really not where it's at. I think he did some unconventional things his first year, that like the whole flowers thing and growing the plants, and people were like, yeah. "What is he talking about?" Yeah, you know what? Kind of feels like the guys. The guys love him. Like, I think that there's a little bit of. Um, I mean, you used their word goober. I don't know if that's the right word, but there's a little bit of that there. But it's almost like the players look at him like, he's our he's our guy. Mm. You know, every day at the press conference, usually, he'll wear a T-shirt of one of the players. So, like, they love that because, you know, they see that on social media and it's like he's wearing their shirt or whatever. They, they love that stuff. And then he's just got this edge to him and he totally supports them, like, in the first preseason game I called, I forget who, oh, it was the Jets. They killed Jalen Hurts out of bounds. And Sirianni, like, goes crazy. He gets, like, all fired up. And I think the fans love that because the fans want, you know, he's, he's an Italian guy, like, for, like, there's a lot of people in Philly that totally relate to Sirianni and how he acts on the sideline.
0: Hmm. That's good. Uh, Ross, thank you, man. I appreciate you so much. And uh, in, enjoy the game coming up next week. Thank you. Absolutely. See you guys. Later, dude. When it comes to Zach Taylor, how do Browns fans get to a point? I think winning will be the easy answer here, but how do Browns fans get to a point where you have that same relationship that Bengals fans have with Zach Taylor that you have with Kevin Stefanski? Remember, it was not that long ago, Dustin, Mm -hmm. where Bengals fans were calling for Zach Taylor's had the same way that Browns fans currently are calling for Kevin Stefanski's head. Yeah, I mean, listen, Stefanski at one point was in – really good graces with the
1: fans when he went when he won coach uh, of the year Freddie kitchens good at one point was in really good graces with the fans wearing
0: pittsburgh started a t-shirt's go a long way with for people
1: yeah it does but the problem is you know if you want to do all these things you know you've got to win games um people like mike mcdaniel in in miami for you know things that shirts he wears and things he does and and all this stuff but like it,
0: to me that's just all like fluff unless you win the crowd is fickle uh, with Mike McDaniel I think it's a good it's an interesting point. I almost said good and I stopped myself and went to interesting for some reason I don't know why they can be intertwined it could be a good and an interesting point at the end of the year a lot of people were insinuating that maybe Mike McDaniel maybe he'd run his course in Miami based off of one season. And you're right. When Tua was up for MVP votes early on in the year, everyone was waxing poetic about how great he is. Then he mishandles a Tua situation with the concussions, and I do think he mishandled that. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the later part of the year where all of a sudden you're using guys like Skylar Thompson to try to beat Buffalo. And in that Buffalo game, what made that so infuriating to me is that he went toe-to-toe with the Bills for three quarters and about, you know, 11 minutes. And should have with gotten Skylar credit Thompson. should have gotten credit for hanging with the Buffalo team with a third string quarterback and then made a couple blunders with two minutes left and he did. He made a couple blunders there. The fourth down was and a all blunder. of a sudden then now he's ridiculed to the high heavens. Yeah. Like we're a tough group to please. We are, as a society, we are a really tough group to please. How Zach Taylor has been able to manage going from being casted aside, I'll never forget asking James Rapine, who covers the Bengals and is around the Bengals, of course, used to work here as well. I was like, James, last year, James, Zach Taylor good coach? No. Nobody really likes him. Mismanages games. He's not very good. At this and this, this, and then all of a sudden, you know, he makes his way to the Super Bowl, and you get growing sentiment on Zach Taylor. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to all the different bars around Cincinnati. He's fitting in with the community. He is. He's he's like a living legend in Cincinnati right now, and it all happens so quick. Which is why I'm telling Browns fans: you might hate Kevin Stefanski today. But if he gets Deshaun Watson headed in the right direction, and we have to have those chicken or the egg type questions we have to have that we have with Burrow and mm-hmm. with Zach Taylor, which at, at times you think is crazy because you think it's all Joe Burrow relative, uh, then yeah, it's gonna happen fast. And Kevin Safansky will find his own little tradition, the same way Zach Taylor has been. I'm not saying he goes to every bar in Northeast Ohio and then drops off game balls. Uh, but I don't know. He comes up with his own deal and I don't know. Maybe he starts coming in uh, to Ken and Anthony's show in the morning, and it's called Tuesdays with Kevin, and all of a sudden that becomes his deal, and he becomes so just awesome to the fan base. Uh, yeah, it, it's all it's all in play, and it all happens really fast, but the winning component is the only part that truly yeah. matters. you got to win in order to get there.
1: You do, and listen, everybody will come back around on Stefanski if they start to win next season. He could be the hottest thing in the NFL again. He was in 2020, right? And now he's, you know, two years of, of
0: bad football, and there we go. You see, the Nick Sirianni point that he brought up, though, I thought was really fascinating. Why is it that, in my mind, I've had Nick Sirianni being a goober, and I think it might be that first press conference that he had. Remember that first press conference? It wasn't oh, great. Boy, was that a bad one. I mean, you want to talk about someone vomiting all over their shoes? That was it. Like Sirianni had the bright lights. He'd never obviously done a press conference like that before with that many people. It can't be easy. It can't be. But he made it look extremely bad and extremely hard to pull off. It wasn't good. And I, in my mind, had labeled him as a gooper. And then now in the previous couple weeks, seeing some of the clips of him on the sideline, seeing the way that he's acted, seeing the way that he's gone about things. And the Eagles have been a good team all season long. You can go back a year and a half now at this point, uh, because last year they did make it to the postseason, even though they got waxed. They did make it there. Like, All right. Nick Sirianni, maybe he's kind of cool. Maybe he's not that big of a goober. Maybe he's actually pretty cool. He sticks up for his players. He's got a little bit of swag to him. He's I'm got, not saying he's, he's the got, greatest. He's got but like
1: a, um, I don't know. He's kind like, of like like that perfect Philly swag. And and he's I know he's a Mount Union guy, but like he's got that, I don't know, something to him that just makes it makes him seem a little, he's a little rough-edged
0: in a good way. He seems like he's been in bar fights. Yeah, Nick Sirianni has definitely been in a bar fight involving somebody, and whether or not, uh, how do you like them apples? Whether yeah, or not they got a phone number, he's definitely
1: been in a bar fight. Had a beer bottle, broke it in half, and was ready to stab and ready somebody. to go. Yeah.
0: yeah, he seems like it. Like if uh, first guy to jump in, if your buddy needs help, and I'd be running the other direction. Well yeah, I think the promo said for the longest time, like you're forty, you don't want to get in fights at this point. I'm not into fights. Yeah, well again, you're forty, you don't need to be doing that at this point in life. There was a point in time where you were 21. There was never a point in time. You were always running? I'm not running, but I'm not like running towards fights. You're a watcher. You're not a runner, right? I'm not even a watcher. I'm just I'm just not into that. You're so full of it right now. You're not gonna watch if a bar fight happens in front of you, you're not watching, you're running away in the other direction. I don't know that I'd run away the other direction. The car wreck right in front of you. You're not watching that? Well, we'll see what happens. Most interesting thing to happen in weeks around you, I'm sure. And you've lived a pretty interesting life. And you're going to be like, yeah, it's been a long night. Guess I call it a day. Now, you are a public figure. So maybe from that angle, maybe you do need to scurry out of there. So you make sure that the the cops don't come and and the headline isn't uh, Dustin Fox. I don't don't need to be in any headlines. I don't need to be on TMZ. Involved in, in bar brawl. And you're like, I was there eating wings. I don't know what to tell you people. What does Zach and Andre always
1: say? Stay off Deadspin?
0: Well, that should just be a life motto at yeah. this point. I mean, who's really going to Deadspin at this point? Uh, that's true. Like, Sirianni, I think, is a great... What I like about Sirianni is about a year ago... Dustin, Sirianni or
1: Sirianni?
0: Nick Sirianni. Keith, am I hearing it funny? It's Sirianni, I think. Say it again. Well, now I'm going to say Sirianni because you guys you guys bullied me no, into what it. What is? Was it is I Sirianni. saying Sirianni or was I saying that I moved to Sirianni? You're saying Sirianni. <laughs> What's going you, on? You what? took off. You took si- off my Siri. You said Siri, and it and my Siri on my phone went off. Sirianni. 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 Yeah. Completely. That's how uh, Italians say uh, it. I think I got into saying Sirianni at some point in this conversation, and now no, I've moved over. No, I think over. you were
1: saying it Siri- Sirianni. I think I was saying it the wrong, whole time. and yeah, then yeah. you
0: you said something, and now I've corrected it in my brain. But even now I'm now I'm more confused than I was in the beginning. No, I I've just never heard anyone call him that. I, I was just trying Sirianni. To- Nick Siriani. Siriani. Oh, that's just a wrong thing by me. So anyway, yeah. about a All year right, ago. Here's a go. About a year ago. Yeah, I mean, it's just call on every mistake I make, except for what the important ones. What are you talking ones. about? Except for the important ones. Where were you in the Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger situation? I, okay, left you hanging Where were there. Where were you there? All right. Yeah, that would have been a nice one for you to fix. So here's the thing. So Nick, as I call him, you know. Nick. Last year. Siriani? Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Last year, midway through the season, he gave the play calling duties to Shane Steichen, he, and that and that was like he knew he was in over water. Like he was like, I I'm not I'm flailing right now. I'm not doing anything as far as being a head coach. It's not working out for me. Shane, take over the offensive play calling duties. And then he decided he was going to take over, and and he rode them to the postseason. And Shane then has this offense and has now for a year and a half humming. They it, like you can directly point to the time when he handed off the play calling duties to Shane. To the point where the Eagles turned it around. Because Nick, as I call him, realized that there was more to being a head coach than just calling the plays. I see where you're going. Then take it. Take the ball and run with it. What's Kevin doing? If Nick can do it. Kevin can do it. Kevin can do it. And you can turn yourself into looking like an absolute goober, into looking like you're the bell of the ball, and all it takes is doing some of the same things that Zach Taylor has done and, it's and doing the same things so that Nick And what's so
1: funny about it, too, is like no one really cares at the end of the day who gets the credit. I mean, you could have said the OC for, for Philly, you, you could have made up a name and threw that in there, and half of our listening audience wouldn't even know who the guy's name is. Right, right. You, you know what I mean? Like It doesn't matter, but we know, now I'm going to screw it up.
0: Nick Sirianni. Nick, as I call him. Nick, as you call him. Yeah. Big Nick. Big Nick. And how many people in Philadelphia truly care about the difference between they whether don't. or not it's the OC or they, whether or not it's Nick? They care that they've got 13 wins. And and our buddy Nick, he's walking on water in Philadelphia right now. Yeah. Like, he is the bell of the ball. And when you hear Ross Tucker talk about him, he's talking about him as if he's the greatest coach you've ever heard coach, and it's all because of that one decision. And I love it because he got little Caesars after this game.